The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. The disciples had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. What's the one thing that you can immediately recognize in other people, but that you so easily miss in yourself? What's that thing within a few moments of having conversation with this person There's something that pushes us away. It's kind of distasteful to us that we don't perceive in ourselves. Perhaps there are a few, but the one that comes to mind and that I would say is true is pride, arrogance. We are the last ones to know that we're prideful and that we're arrogant. And it's the first thing that everyone else picks up on when they come to meet us and have a conversation with us. Can you imagine what our world would look like if we were individually unoffendable? No matter what names we were called, no matter how much people disagreed with us, attacked our viewpoints, we would be calm, cool, collected, unoffendable. We have a word in the Christian tradition for someone who is unoffendable. That word is humility. Someone who is humble is unoffendable. I was recently confronted with one of my friends and she kind of wove some critique in the midst of affirmation. She said, I'd grown these various things. But she's like, there's still a little bit of that, little bit of that pride in you. And interior, like, I'm like, oh, come on. If we're offended by someone calling us prideful, we can be pretty sure we have pride. If someone confronts us and says, yeah, a little bit of arrogance there. What are you talking about? 
Pride. Arrogance. That's it. That's what I was talking about. I would just like to hold up some examples that I've seen and heard about what a humble person would do in certain situations. And I think it would be so instructive for us because we, let's be honest, we know very, very, very few humble, truly humble people in this world. So let me just hold up a few examples that come to mind. Mother Teresa, when she was gathering food for the sick of Calcutta, the poorest of the poor, she went to a baker and she asked the baker for food. And the baker looked at her with disdain and spat upon her. And she said, now that was for me. Now will you please give some bread for the poor? Whoa, whoa. Maybe it's just because I work with teenagers and the eye for the eye mentality and you, re- you disrespected me. You insulted my honor. I must fight back. That flies in my face. Incredible. John Paul II was an incredible listener. People were so struck because this person who ideologically was on the complete opposite spectrum of John Paul II would present their case and maybe even being a little bit attacking of the church or of him or of his perspective. And he would listen so calmly, so attentively, like it was the most important thing that he had heard. And people were brought to tears by the amount of attention that he would give them, even if he completely disagreed with what they were saying. Can you imagine a world where people were able to actually listen to the full extent of what someone was saying and draw out the good from what they were saying, affirm that, and to respectfully disagree. Can you imagine a world like that? Our shepherd, Archbishop Nauman for this diocese, is an incredibly holy man. You cannot pay people like me enough money to be a bishop now. All you get are insults or critiques. I wouldn't say fan mail, the opposite of fan mail and the opposite of fan email all day long. And you know what he does when he stands up to give a homily or an address? He spends the first five to 10 minutes and he might get critique for how long he speaks, but he spends the first five to 10 minutes thanking everyone that is responsible for that occasion. Here is a man who is drugged through the coals, whether publicly or in our individual conversations because everyone disagrees with the bishop. And here he is, graciously acknowledging all of the good that people are doing. Not every priest necessarily agrees or has great esteem for the bishop. I grow in my esteem of the bishop. But you know what? Regardless of what you think about him, As a priest, we are going to get a handwritten letter from him on our birthday. Every year. We have well over 100 priests in our diocese. That's 100 cards that he's writing to priests that he know might be at odds with him. And he thanks them for their service and the good that they are doing. Amazing. I had the privilege of serving under a priest in St. Louis when I was a deacon. And there are very, very few priests, in fact, I don't know if I can count even on a few fingers, 
the priests that when I talk to other people, parishioners about this priest, they say, he is a holy priest. No, no. He is a humble priest. Wow. If it please God, I hope that someday I can be a humble priest like him. I, as a deacon, pretty low on the totem pole when it comes to things going on in the parish. There was an adoration going on one night, and typically it would be the priest or the highest ranking whoever authority leading that adoration. And he said, is it okay if I serve for you while you lead exposition and adoration? I'm like, Father, honestly, that would make me very uncomfortable. (laughs) You're, You're the pastor. You should be leading this. You don't need to serve me. But this is the example of Jesus, who bent down at the feet of his disciples, his apostles, including the one who he knew was about to betray him, and washed their feet. If you would wish to be the first among men, become the servant of all. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and humbled himself dying even to the point of dying on a cross for us. Do you know, would you like to know what the secret is to being that kind of humble? Like all of these people, and I wish I could have time to just elucidate all of the most humble people that I've had the opportunity to meet. Do you know what the secret is to being unoffendable? Jesus gives us a clue here at the end of the gospel. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst and putting his arms around it. Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. The key to being humble is to being a child in Jesus' arms. At some point in our life, we thought or we think we need to be adults. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to prove ourselves. I need to compare myself to you. How much money I'm making. What what nieces and nephews I have. What my children are doing. How they accomplish themselves. I need all of these things in order to feel good about myself. The key to being humble and unoffendable is recognizing that Jesus loves you unconditionally as you are. You don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to compare yourself to others and make yourself feel bad by being on social media. Comparison robs you of joy, robs you of peace. Jesus is here, and he's about to make himself radically present in the Eucharist. If only we truly believed that we were loved and we didn't have to prove ourselves, and if someone insulted us, it doesn't take away our dignity because we are loved by an incredible, unconditional, eternal love. God loves us as we are. That's why we come to church. That's why we pray every day. That's why we go to confession, to receive that reminder that I am so loved. The more we stay away from church, the more we stay away from praying every day in silence, the more we stay away from confession, look out. Pride is making headway in your life, and everyone knows it except for you. Jesus 
You are the source of our humility. Though you were God, you chose to die as the least of men on a cross. Jesus, I ask you to bring down all the pride, all the arrogance in our hearts and our minds. Any ways that we refuse to be corrected, refuse to be corrected in any way. Jesus, bring it all down. Bring down this pride. Bring down this arrogance. Make us unoffendable like you. As we rest in your arms, your unconditional love for us. We are so loved. If only we truly believed it, Jesus. Help us to abide right there in your arms as we receive you and your arms in this Eucharist.